Welcome to Rethink Business. We believe that we're in the early stages of an historic global culture shift that is changing the role of business in society. It's a movement of people using business as a force for good. The most important thing about running a company is to remember all the time what a company is. A company is simply a group of people. I hope to recapture today a little bit of that uh, youthful idealism uh, and enthusiasm and to transmit it to you. Because I really believe that we can be the generation that makes business better. Business is, is just this mechanism where I get to integrate all aspects of myself, the things that I love, the things that I'm good at, the things that I just see as my work, and use business as this mechanism to deliver that value. Welcome to Rethink Business, sponsored by Booming Group. I'm your host, Anna Aguila, and this podcast is about our curiosities around the ways by which the paradigm of business is shifting. And it starts by building the people behind the business. We always hear of ways to be successful in business, how to increase your income, how to create a shorter work week. There's a lot out there. On the other side, we hear about how to become a better person, how to create a positive impact in society and build a better world. Well, we're curious about a world where you get both and where business is a force for good. In this podcast episode, we talk about money and financials, entrepreneurs and small business owners navigating through the risk during those crucial moments of establishing financial stability. We're going to follow a conversation between a dynamic financial wellness coach and Booming Group's business architect that will leave you full and change inspired. So today we have Beth Crittenden. Did I say that right, Beth? Yes, Crittenden. yes, thank you. Crittenden. Crittenden. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have Beth Crittenden, and her work has been referred to as holistic bookkeeping, a full-spectrum approach to finances, which also measures priorities and values and how those metrics tie to the numbers. She helps clients cut through the, all the emotional and numerical noise that surrounds finances and hones in on what's important, practical, and reasonable. Did I get that right, Beth? Yes. And providing a place where we can blend together the practical financial data along with people's experience of having a business and having a business that's integrated with their values, their passions, and their calling. That's awesome. We also have Catherine Silvera our co-host and one of the founding members of Booming Group and the mastermind behind the business structures within the Booming ecosystem. The connector of dots, we like to say. So welcome, Kathy. Thank, thank you, Anna. I'm happy yeah. to, to be here and, and, and happy to have you, Beth, as well. Thank you. Every time that we have conversations about numbers and financials, it's like it expands my mind and like, wow, I feel so understood. So um, I'm happy that we are having this space and that you and I are holding the space for us to like start or continue that conversation. So thank you. Um, Kathy, I know that you had some questions or some commonly asked questions that our members of collective or perhaps other individuals or entrepreneurs that you speak with have. So 
please, let's talk yeah. about those questions that are commonly put yeah. to the table. Yeah. So actually, the topic came from from curiosity around like uh, when when we work Anna and Beth when we work with entrepreneurs and business owners, right? Uh, and you uh, ask them like how they started their business, and even if it are small businesses or or people that got to have like bigger companies, right? There is always risk, some sort of risk involved, and uh, at any or at different phases of their development, like they had those these crucial moments where they had to make decisions that involved like their fin financial stability, right? And and I saw like that pattern, right? In, in that entrepreneurial journey. And so, and usually like when you go and see financial advisors, right? Um, and my background is finances as well. And we come more from the place of like, like make sure that you have some like financial security, right? You need to save for the future. You need to like have first that peace of mind before getting into something. So the conversation started for that curiosity because like how, how we can help or advise or guide these business owners and entrepreneurs that are in constant financial risk or like making this like not known decisions, right? It's on, there is a lot of uncertainty and how still like they can be financially responsible. So the curiosity came from that context. And my specific question to Beth is like, how, how, how you can guide someone or how you can hold the space for someone that is in that financial exploration and yet has that need to make decisions fast around financials or if there is risk involved and sometimes there is no any guarantee of what is going to happen. So how, how, yes, how you can guide them or how you navigate those, those territories. Yeah, it's such a constant in all of us who have a business, no matter what the size is. And I like finding those commonalities. Anyone anywhere around the world who has started a business They've had to think about how much to invest, how to take care of their personal finances, what's most important to them. And I love it, absolutely love it, that the little background noise we're hearing is a business that just started. This family and this couple who are taking a series of risks and um, hopefully intelligent risks and applying the booming model to how they're doing the whole business. It's, um, it's very real that you're sitting there in the place where this is happening now. Um, something I think about a lot is people's personality inclinations. So we all know that some of our friends are the ones who if there's a cliff to jump off of, they're going to be the first one to try it. And they're not going to have to double and triple test the parachute. They're going to be the one that's like, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine. And they go and they run off the cliff and usually it's fine. And sometimes if it's not, it doesn't seem to bother them that much. And then we have those friends that would not jump off a cliff if 
someone was doing every single thing for them and they were going to be carried down in a golden chair. <laughs> so we start with that type of personality variation. And I see that with the people who I just get to know through my business. Some of them say, ah, I don't have that much debt. It's not that big of a deal. And it might be $150,000. And that sounds like not that much to them. And then other people are being kept awake every single night with cold sweats over $2,000 of debt. And it bothers them every second of their life. So that tells me it's not the amount of money. So I really like it when business owners can use the numbers to clarify one piece of it but then also we know that their personality is is going to be a big indicator of what they might feel naturally inclined to do or not do um, I think a second point to think about is what are they expecting to get in return for the money or the time or the resources they're going to invest in the business. I see sometimes people think there's a guarantee that they'll get a return if they just spend the money on it. And oddly enough, sometimes it seems the more money it is, the bigger the return they think they're going to get. And I think we've all felt, fallen into that at one point or another. So. Moving at a pace where I'm moving slow enough to know what's my expectation when I invest in this and what do I think I'm going to get out of it is something that is so good to talk through in community and hopefully with someone who's done some version of it before because we also always can find someone who will tell us, oh yeah, definitely do it. And we can always find someone who will be more conservative about it and say, what are you crazy? You need to save that money. Don't do that. And so then it's, you know, I want to bring together a collection of voices, including my own, before I either decide to definitely do it or definitely not do it. Yeah, that's, I, I like that you point the part of uh, the, different personalities to start with like I I kind of like you 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 can know that intellectually but like like hearing that from you and like from the question being asked it's like oh yeah like that that's true right it starts also with with that part and and another another thing that that got my attention from what you were saying is that uh, the part of like that is not about is not about the amount like it's not about the volume in money because then some people what you were saying about like they can't stay awake for 2000 and there are others like oh 150 it's okay and and then that that shows like that sometimes then i'm i'm not myself i'm not aware of like that difference that in those moments it's not about the money because usually when i'm working with business owners and and i see them stressed out because they have to, let's see to cover payroll for $30,000 is like wait until you have 300 employees as you said that you want so then the stress will be you're gonna worry about 500,000 and it's is that 
stretch that happens. But now what you just shared, Beth, is like, oh, yeah, it has nothing to do with the amount. It could be 2,000, it could be 500, and it's the resistance to, to that. And I think the, absolutely, I think the flavors of the resistance change over time as we grow too. Um, I wish I was a naturally optimistic person. I'm not. So I started a business because it seemed like the best option of a bunch of what I perceived were crappy options. So for me, it was sort of like, I really don't know what else I would do. I'm going to give this a shot and I don't think it's going to work. So I have that flavor of mm, prove it to me otherwise universe. And so far it has worked. And I've probably put a lot more anxiety mileage on my metaphorical car than I needed to. But that's also something that I've grown through and things that I would never have dreamed about investing in before early on, I can now do it. And it's still uncomfortable, but it's that range kind of changes over time. Thank goodness. I mean, this business is a growth vehicle. Life is a growth vehicle. And I don't have to try to find comfort all the time. It's not even possible. I wish it was possible, but not even really an option. People's previous agreements about money are going to affect me when I want to do something communally with them. Maybe I want to go on a trip, but they say, oh, I'm actually in this situation where that wouldn't make sense for me financially. Oh, okay. So, you know, there is a level where our financial decisions impact each other, but really everyone has got to live with it themselves when it comes down to it. And in some ways I envy the people who are like, "Eh, no big deal. (laughs) I mean, there really are people that are just like, yeah, yeah, they can have extra money and this is going to be a fixture. This is like my tattoo that will, you know, my skin will get saggy. I'll keep it even longer than I could <laughs> a tattoo. And there, there is that situation. And then when I look at my relationship with debt, which is kind of hyper uncomfortable, I make it mean very literally, I'm indebted to someone else. And then I feel like they own a part of me. In some ways, it is the same coin, different sides. Mm -hmm. So I love it when people can find some kind of neutrality around it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will zone way in on one part of their financial situation and really kind of get a little bit of tunnel vision around one part of it. So the debt is not the whole story, but it is part of a bigger picture. So I've seen business owners who treat the debt as if it's almost a utility, Mm. even though, huh, if you were able to pay off a little more and pay it off more quickly, 
you wouldn't have to pay so much interest and then that money could go somewhere else. But sometimes that stresses people out. They just want to see it as this fixed cost. So there's also an interesting, what level of reality are people interacting with the debt on mm -hmm. that I think is relevant. Mm -hmm. And I really love the approach. There's nothing inherently right or wrong. And also, I don't know any better for someone else than they do for themselves. Does that mean they're always thinking with their clearest thinking? Not necessarily, but I mean in their heart and in their gut, what is livable to them and what's going to work for their family, what they'd like to build for the future. Um, I was just telling a client that there's really interesting research that the Financial Therapy Association is doing that we do not recognize our future self. So I'm 41 today. My brain would not light up with recognition when I think about 51-year-old Beth. Even though I'm likely to get there and I'll hopefully get there and I take actions today that will hopefully propel me to living into the future, there's no sense of naturally, oh, I need to take care of her. So when I'm not connected to that future self who has needs and still wants to eat at Whole Foods and, you know, <laughs> has preferences and would like to go to the movies every now and then, all of that stuff, why wouldn't I debt today? It, it makes sense when I look at part of the picture. I want to have an experience, and I don't have all the money to pay for it now. Someone else is willing to float me the money. I'm just going to have to pay them back more over time. Cool, why not? But then when I open back up and look at the bigger picture, that might bring in some other factors that sometimes people are ready to see those and sometimes they're not. Yeah. And it, it's not up for me to judge. It's sort of like, well, whatever experience you need to have and whatever, like it's hard enough to live on earth sometimes, whatever helps people sleep well at night and love who they see in the mirror when they wake up in the morning, that's success. Like, you do that, you get an A at life. <laughs> and yeah. the numbers are just the numbers. <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And that how, how, you, how you relate then the part of like that topic of debt and the resistance that people has or entrepreneurs has whether or not to, to be in debt when we, we live in a system that is based on debt, right? Mm -hmm. So... So looking at like, at, as you said, at the bigger picture, like we are individuals and we can be in communities, but we are part of that, of, of that system that at some point was created by us, right? Not us specifically, but yes. us humans. And, and that is based on that, right? Like if, if you go to a, a financial institution, they are lending money to other people and making interest from that money, but they, in reality, they don't have that money. Mm -hmm. So, so, and they also issue money based on money that they don't have. <laughs> yeah. So, so when we look at that and, and they make a lot of money and they have their families well, and they just from that financial angle, like not 
what you are saying about looking at the mirror and feeling happy that far, I don't know. You <laughs> see that that system that they, we created, take responsibility, we created, and worked or not for, for what they built, for, for what we built as a civilization, then what happens when one individual is afraid of that death? It's like, is rejecting energetically the system that is part of or is breaking the flow? And he's saying, like, there is a different way to do things as well. Like, in my mind, I try to wrap my head around, like, how to live within a system, but also, like... Be subversive. Yes, yeah. it's, like, so hard. Yeah. It is. It's fascinating. And that's where my personality traits also are so important. So... I'm also kind of this, like, I love to get the A, I love to be the teacher's pets, but then also I'm going to pull back and be kind of cynical and want to know how it all works. And knowing that about me, I need to move also at a pace where I'm not trying to win at a game that doesn't want me to win that is set up, is engineered to take money away from me as fast as it can. So um, there is an author named Lisa Servon, and we can put it in the links with the notes, but she wrote a book called The Unbanking of America. And it's a fantastic book. It just came out this year. And she worked in check cashing places and she worked in payday loan offices to be able to interview people. Why would you do this when it costs so much more than the bank's interest rates to get a loan? And what she's finding is that so many people, especially of a lower economic class have been taken advantage of by banks have been confused about banks, have been lied to by banks, especially we have these four ginormous banks now. We have Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Citibank, and Chase. Those four banks together have something crazy like 75 or 80% of the banking market's business. And when banks first started, they weren't intended to make money. Like banks were some of our original nonprofit organizations. And then somewhere along the way, it's kind of like that thing that absolute power corrupts, power corrupts absolutely, that type of thing. Banks turn into attempting to make money while also providing this service. So banks, yes, can create money out of thin air. And we call it money, but it's these electronic credits that they're like, here, we'll loan you some money. But like you said, that money doesn't actually exist. They couldn't actually put their hands on it if they needed to. But the system is set up for them to then get more money back to themselves. So if I know that I want to get an A on things, I'm a perfectionist, I want to please people, if I'm going into that system thinking that if I do it perfectly based on what they suggest, 
I should just know I'm not going to do as well financially unless I get some other windfall. I'm basically going to be taking care, extra care of the bank. If I know that it's part of the game, this, this game of life that we have going in society in 2017, and I participate in a way that feels in integrity to me, but I'm also not expecting them to be a savior, a helper. I'm not expecting the bank to be generous. I'm not expecting the bank to care about me as a person and my values. I really need to have my eyes open to step in there. I've also talked to plenty of people who wanted to completely go off the grid. And some people have. And then you tend to give up a tremendous amount of convenience, potential connection, but we're, we're kind of all choosing the rules of engagement that we can live with. And I feel bringing consciousness to whatever I decide to do or not do is a really huge factor. And when we're looking to do things in a different way from how our parents did, in a different way from how our familiar community does it, that's when we also need to find like-minded people. Because in society, it's much more um, easy, uh, narcotic, um, safer in some ways to follow the status quo. And the banks are a great example of status quo and just continuing to make the bank richer and be like, oh, I guess that's how it is without questioning it. Questions are some of our most powerful tools when it comes to this. Thank you, Beth. That is amazing how, how actually it works and it doesn't work at the same time. Yes. <laughs> uh, and, and it's fascinating also like, so when, when you, like the individual is the business and then the business becomes an organism, right? It's an organization, but it's how we find our own way to just be part of a system and not get in isolation, right? And be part of the system, but at the same time, have a different system being born or emerge from within. It's like, I feel that that's the biggest challenge of our, our times, right? Like absolutely how to, how to create a different system or achieve the system while you are playing the game, as you said, like what, what yes. say. Yeah. Something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is as I think about the booming group, using the model in so many areas of my life, it really has had me question, Beth, do you really believe this is possible? And it's like you said before, like intellectually, of course, yes, why not? I believe in the laws of nature. We're talking about a natural, sustainable system. Yes, I believe in that. But then when it comes to quote, my business, my money, my legacy, all of that stuff, then my little personality swizzles get involved and start whispering things to me. And it's kind of like we have this external community where I know I can talk with the two of you, I can talk with Lauren, I can find people in my collective group and talk things through, but I also have an internal community 
I have a committee of voices, as they say, and some of them want to go get a job at the bank and, you know, <laughs> become a part of it and get that gold watch that I don't even know if it exists anymore, but this is where it's not like I just have one set of values. I have a collection of values, like a flower bouquet inside. <laughs> and my choices are, which and one those, am I picking? And those sometimes speak louder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially like fear turns up the volume. Um, wanting to fit into a tribe can really turn up the volume. I mean, can you imagine someone starting a business? They're already a little nervous about it. And then let's say their mom makes a comment, just one of those comments that nobody but a mom can do. Like, you sure this is gonna work? Or something like that. She might not think about it again, but then the person is losing sleep at night going, what am I doing? It's then hard to put money on the line, time on the line, and do it in a way where I'm also taking care of myself along the way. Because when I slow down, that's when I have to feel. That's when I have to hear the committee voices, all grouchy and, and all of that stuff. It's, it's heroic. It really is and hard. And I'm, I'm so glad there are people in the noble experiment, shall we call it. Yeah. The, the part that I also see happening is that, like, I feel that this that we are talking about applies for uh, people that are in business uh, yeah. in, a, in a job, right? That is like, okay, I'm in the business of performing this service and I have a company that I work uh, for and there is also like uh, the business owners themselves. And this applies, I feel that for both, right? Uh, but when, when you work in a company and then you know that no matter what, the check is coming, right? that it's kind of like there is a little bit I feel that that is a little bit of peace of mind right that but what do you recommend when there is entrepreneurs or business owners and even some that are just starting their business right that they just are like putting their stuff together and they are going to go for their clients first eh? and they still are dealing with all these voices and this uncertainty that we are talking about and do you feel that that adds more pressure or, or it's more like, oh, no, now I'm in control and then I can make things happen. So how, how you recommend that that is balanced out? I love that question. It's so important. I do think it's individual. Um, Billie Jean King, the legendary tennis player and champion of women's equality, says pressure is a privilege. And I believe that to be true when we have our business. The pressure gets my attention. And then it's important to know, wait, when I'm under pressure, do I tend to act too fast or too slow? I need to know that about myself. And then I need to know, do I process information more through my mind? Like, do I need mental tasks to keep me going? For me, I'm a very kinesthetic person. I need to touch something to get in motion. I need to move my body. So if there's a phone call I need to make, for example, I'm probably going to set it up so I can pace while I'm making that phone call because I need to move my body. My brain works the best that way. And that you two can see my hands. They're moving all over the place. I, 
I need that. Other people are more emotionally motivated. So learning that the fear doesn't mean definitely don't do it no matter what. It's like we're, we're tuning into a particular channel to listen to inside. And I think it's important too what you said about a paycheck can seem guaranteed. It can. It's not always. So checking my assumptions is really, really important. So let's say, okay, so when I started my business, I had a part-time job. I was not willing to go totally 100% independent. Even though I was paid as a contractor, it was still very much just a part-time job that I went to a few days a week. I had to do that. I couldn't go cold turkey. Other people might be completely uncomfortable having that sort of in-between. They might feel so passionate about their business, they're willing to go for a while of knowing there's going to be the sale cycle time that they don't know when their first sale will come in, but they feel so set up and juiced up that they're going to do that. If people are doing that, I do recommend having some savings. Savings is basically a paycheck that we give ourselves when we need it. That's all that is. Um, and it only gets replenished if I replenish it. But that's true at the top level of companies too. If a company stops doing sales, a company stops getting grants, something like that, it's going to be a limited amount of money. So I think it's hugely important to, to talk through timed milestones with someone else. So uh, sometimes in my business, there are people who are employed who are thinking about changing to self-employment or they want to go in with a friend on a business idea or something like that. When we reality check their assumptions and we tie it to their finances, sometimes it's like, okay, so you have $50,000 in savings and you're likely to start getting paid within three months. What's the lowest you're comfortable with your savings going down to before you start getting paid? If they say $10,000, it's like, so wait a second. You have $40,000 to hold you comfortably until you start getting paid in your business? That doesn't even sound like a gamble. That's like awesome. But usually that's not people's you know, people's situation. Yeah. So let's say someone is like, uh, I don't have any savings, but I love my business idea. People have told me they really like it and it's going to do really well. Okay. That's cool. usually the case. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. So, okay, great. So, um, when do you think you could replace half of your current income? Oh, I think in about a month. Okay. So how many experiences or products do you need to sell within a month to get, you know, we can just get specific and there's no judgment. We're just asking questions. Huh. So you're going to sell 40 of these things in a month and people are going to pay you and that whole, 
okay. And they might still say, yes, that is going to happen. And in that case, I think they've just got to experience it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I feel that another good question to add in those moments is that, or, or what we have learned in, in Booming Group to us is like, beyond like, are you, okay, that means that you're going to sell this much in one month. And to sell this much in this month, like these are some possible activities that you need to be doing during that month. Are you willing to be doing that work? And do you have the time to do that, right? Because then it comes all those other things that we have talked about, like, yeah, that's my expectation, but, but I want to work three days a week or, or I, can someone else do it for me? okay but you need to hire someone and that is another cost like yes so that yeah it's great it's great and then we can just be friendly with each other it's sort of like we're holding up mirrors for each other I have a friend of mine who says I can see the spinach in your teeth (laughs) and you can see the spinach in my teeth so let's tell each other what we have you're looking good we have spinach in our teeth it's um yeah it's really powerful stuff and I think some of the deepest grief I have felt from people and in myself when it comes to finances and business finances is that difference between but I wanted it to work this way and this is how it actually worked. That is real grief. And that usually goes back to our childhood. But I wanted this type of mom and dad, but I got this type of mom and dad. It's like, how much in reality are we willing to be? And that doesn't mean it's a crappy, depressing reality. It just means it's a yeah, the, the market works in ways some of them we can predict and some of them we can't. That's true. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's something I, I really admire in you, Beth, is that, that ability that you like, have that you can put in one topic or in one question. Like You can see the different parts of the coin or the different spectrum, like the full spectrum of what can happen in each person in different different minds I'm, I'm more like I think that I always project more in my own experience mm. when it's around finances and talking about the the spinach I'm gonna share with you both uh, 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 the story like about booming group because then when I look back right now in 2017 like sometimes I feel like were you insane? Like, <laughs> 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 uh, but so when before Booming Group, Beth and Anna, we had a, an investment in an online dating site, uh-huh. and and we invested two hundred fifty thousand in 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 that venture. In I could have used that back then. I was single for a while, yeah. Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> So we, we invested, right? We invested that money. Booming Group didn't exist uh, back then. And I still was in banking. And I, I used to see just things purely like it's making money, it's viable. Like, yes, no, black and white, right? Like, so when, when that pitch, when that idea came, uh, 
I was thinking about like, oh, maybe it's time for me to open again a business because I had businesses in the past. But always the motivation was making money, making money, making money. So maybe this is time for me to leave the bank and open another business to make money. And when that opportunity came, it's like, oh, no, actually, I can continue with my job and invest in this great idea. I'm in Silicon Valley, so let's <laughs> invest. And so we put the money there. And it's not that we had, like, a lot of money that, were, like, that we had to, to invest. We were like, oh, that's going to work, and it's going to be fine. So the thing is that when we made that investment, um, I got involved. Like, I got involved in all the creation and, like, the building portion of it. Even if it was not my responsibility, I really like to just build and get involved and build a team and hire the people, build procedures, all that. And, and during that time, the company, everything was going well. Like, we started to have revenue. And but we're, like, so natural. It was, like, just working, working, working at some point the founder that I think that during the process we didn't realize that was not even going to the office. And so when the, the idea was working and was a like working business in San Francisco, the founder started to go more and more and more and more to the office and started to behave in a different way that when she pitched the idea, it was this like power and I'm the boss and treating the employees like so bad and from an online dating side the events she wanted the the girls in lingerie and it started to be like (laughs) (laughs) so we were like I'm sorry we don't have photo slides for this at the moment (laughs) (laughs) oh but I have photos (laughs) I have I have I have a bunch of photos and then I found myself modeling and I was so surprised So the, the, the part is that at, at some point I was like, like, wait a second, like we put all this money into this, right? And it's working and it's, it seems that it's doing well, right? The people around, as you know, in, in, in that industry of technology, like, oh, you guys are already making revenue. Okay, the startup is working. And we were like, we felt miserable. It's like, it's so against our values. Like, and then I was like, I'm not even single. I'm married. <laughs> 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 uh, so it was competing like completely against who I felt that moment that I was, right? Because we have all our, our ideals. And the short story is that it obviously now I can laugh, but it was very painful. Mm-hmm. And we made the decision to leave the venture right like we and the negotiation with the founder was not amicable that like she was able to say like i buy you guys out or leave the money here and then continue operation she was more to the point that if you leave i close the company so uh, uh, so my husband and i had to make that decision about like we go for our values or we lose all this money like we were not rich to say like oh yeah we lost that fine no we were like it's our life like we sold properties to do that like wow um so anyways that happened we had a lot of support the mentors that we had at that moment were like they were like stop crying look at what you guys built like you guys are not from here you guys barely speak the language like look what you guys built you don't know technology and you built 
a technology company. Uh, and but however, like that support helped us to see that we like to build business, but that we were missing something. That all the time we had the recipe to oh yeah, let's build a business, let's do it up. Like it's easier, but that we don't know how behavior and then the human aspect plays in. And that's how Booming Group started, right? Oh, wow. Uh, to that, from that curiosity, like, okay, we lost 250000 <laughs> but we want to keep building businesses for the rest of our life. But in order for us to maintain our integrity and feel, like, content that, like, either if we're rich, poor, that, like, is who we are, we need to figure this out. Like, what that is that part that is not being counted. Right. And, 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 and then from that motivation is where we started. And like, we didn't put too much capital, was so little. And it was like, just in a, in a kind of like, we decided to go in a train that was like, is, is not gonna either work or not work because what we want is to figure this shit out. Like, <laughs> as it <goes>. like, <laughs> Yes, and so when I look back, I, I share these stories because for us, when we started, it was so deep the motivation about finding out how the human behavior plays into the business creation that we didn't have in mind that part of like, are we going to get one client or not? Are we going to kind of like the focus was completely on figuring this, like let's solve this puzzle and and then just go we're gonna solve it because we're gonna solve it and if we don't solve it at least we're gonna get some learning and if we die one day we're gonna gain some insights about like aha like, <laughs> that's what we missed back then and that's what we missed back then uh, so yes i shared that because if you look back right and 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 that you are my 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 financial coach in that moment right you will be like like <laughs> no. Oh, maybe some <laughs> right but no that and you want to lose more by learning <laughs> your values though like there's so so many times where i would say okay so you paid 250 dollars for the most important lesson of your life you got a deal that's that's, that's so true oh my gosh it yeah. totally depends on yeah. to me it totally depends on what the person's soul is here to experience and you had to go through that so yeah back at the time would I have had some questions and probably be wondering things on my inside that's one thing but we have our intuition and your intuition spoke more loudly than any type of conditioning or belief system and that to me is such a beautiful thing so often our intuition is like those amazing trees that grow up through the sidewalk it's like mm -hmm. how is that even possible there was all this pressure to try to keep it down and keep it contained and it still comes up and finds a way to thrive it's amazing i'm so glad you told that story yeah are you sure that you wouldn't be this happened the the total like paperwork was done in december and then january we were studying with booming group and as like financial people that we are part of like okay yes we are going to figure out this out but let's do the financial projections and see how much money we're going to need to have this starting right 
and and one of our mentors the one that supported us to the process of like the grief and all that was like don't start booming group do you have at least <laughs> half a million in the bank account and we were like no <laughs> but we are going to start because we are going to figure out this out so how you will feel that in that moment that was based on like less than 30 days right it was december and then january starting booming group from that transition and losing those 250 knowing that you are going to need double of that to what you are going to start and the only answer that i give in that moment to the my mentor it was a yes i i did i created the financials were not you and i know but i know that are not needed tomorrow like it's over uh -huh. time that i'm gonna need that i will figure it out yeah so it so depends on the person it yeah. absolutely depends on the person because money is just pointing to something that we want to measure money is not a starting point or an ending point it's the human alchemy of what they do with it how do they feel about it before it arrives and when someone is blessed with that sense of clarity and they've really learned it the hard way like you really earned that lesson you it really got in your cells it's not like you would do the exact same thing all over again no it's you had that that clarity that was forged in the fire so if someone seems to be trapped in compulsion, that's one thing. If they're like, no, no, it's going to be great, no problem, then my alarm bells might go off. But you weren't saying, no problem, no sweat. You were like, I know, we've got to find this and we're going to figure it out. That's such a different approach. To me, that's, um, it's, to me, it seems like you're walking in fate shoes and not everyone is, but that's okay. In some ways we all are. Whatever happens is what we were supposed to experience apparently because that's what's happened. It's so individual. Like, I, like I, I've been hearing suggestions lately to more systematize the way I do my business. So I'm looking for the things that apply similarly to everyone in the process but really the heart of the work is what does your soul need to experience when it comes to this and your soul needed to experience both of those things and then and the money are just the extra details yeah the the lesson that i got a uh, uh, beth and anna from that is that when in my banking uh, years right I always used to complain about the system, right? Even if I was working there and, and making a living out of, of banking. And, and I always used to say, like, if I keep, because I was getting promoted and always I like going up the ladder. So I was like, one day I will have the power. And one day I will have the power and I will have a voice and I will have something to say and I will, like, change this system <laughs> and i don't agree with that so and that was my like story always in banking right like hmm, like one day i will have the power so i keep working hard 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 to just one day i will and so okay that's a different story that never happened right like i i, I left banking and when i remember that when i look back at that company and i saw like the team working and and everything check mark check mark business wise right in that 
online dating, right? It was working, everything, the money was there, all the check marks. I, I was like, now who you are going to blame? <laughs> like, uh, right? Like, you, you put the money, you had the power, you even contributed, you created with your hands the system, you hire people, and so this time, who you are going to blame? which system is here against you or like you created it. So, so that was the part that I, it hit me the, the most that it was at that part of like, Oh, like we have that, that power. That is so today. powerful. Mm -hmm. yeah. The power is not something that you one day by working hard will like the power is now here, mm -hmm. but you're going to do with that. Yeah. And yeah. So that, that was, one mini lesson there. Many That's more. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're, yeah, they're lined up for you, baby. Second <laughs> <laughs> <Take a> number. <laughs> yeah. I had a, a realization last night that I would like to share. It feels mildly related, but um, really, it's, to me, it's similar to that idea of, the complaint about whoever's in power and they should have done it differently and I would do it differently if only I had the power. Um, so my, my flavor of that that happened last night, um, so I've been in a growth phase lately and I've, I've been doing the booming collecting process and collective and um, working on booming financials and just kind of feeling that out and getting to know it and how's this going to work and um, so that, that, those processes have been going on. And then also the Profit First professionals process of learning that system and how can I apply it and starting to meet people that have the tagline profit and purpose together, which I feel is um, what I'm being drawn to, that when people talk about um, doing business and doing good, I feel like that's part of what all of these things have in common. And yet, as I've been in this growth process lately, it has been so consistently uncomfortable. There's been this just constant anxiety. Like, I haven't even gone and played tennis and forgotten about everything. And that's usually my go-to, is usually as soon as I step out there, it's like, things get pressed pause on. So there's just a, a real deep way it's been affecting me. And anyone else, I feel confident telling them they're growing pains and, you know, this, it's getting you to an even better place. And you, it's hard to even imagine what positive stretching is happening right now. So intellectually, I know it's all for the best. And yet, sort of emotionally and in my nervous system, it's been like something tapping me on the shoulder constantly. Like, hey, 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 how's this gonna work? Hey, are you gonna get enough money? Hey, what about this? Hey, what about next year? It has been incessant. And then last night, it just floated right in. I, I do believe it was like a divine gift of, do you see how this anxiety always wants you to get to the next level, but do you see that there's no end game? Mm -hmm. So I even 
played it forward to the moment of death. And I could see how there was that part of the soul, like looking out for then the next incarnation, if it works that way, <laughs> just this constant wheel, like the Buddhists call it the wheel of samsara believing the separation and the fear and the scarcity and all of that stuff. And just that um, feeling that mechanism of how much I'm always leaning to the next thing to try to find my comfort and knowing that where I am now is where I've been working to get to. And all these years leading up to this, I believed that if I could just get to where I am now, then that thing would leave me alone. But oh no, you know, it told me if I could just earn this much each month, it'll leave me alone. Well, I'm earning that much each month now, and it wants me to earn more. (laughs) And I need community, and I need to get back to my own sense of clear values to know that yes i want to grow that means a lot to me i want to help people and support and inspire in sustainable ways and i need to enjoy it here today so when we think about that sort of hypothetical person that's thinking about do i take on debt do i start this new venture um Should I get a loan from wherever? Also, let's remember, well, how do you feel about that right now? What does that do in your body? How does it show up? Does it feel like someone is throwing sand on top of your coffin when you try on that idea? Or does it feel like, yeah, I'm kind of scared, but I feel really alive too. I think that's as important as the numbers. Wow. That's awesome, Beth. Thank you. Yeah. No, I want to say thank you. Thank you, Anna, for holding the space. Thank you, Beth. Like, I, I feel that I, I, as always, in all the conversations, I, I learned so much. And, and this one was, like, an amazing one. And, and I, I think that it also reinforced that part of, like, why a uh, I'm so happy to have booming financials now because I feel that like all what you mentioned is, it's, it's what entrepreneurs get there. Like, yeah, it's not just the numbers and the books and having that like discipline of like make, taking care of their financials, but also like how to integrate all these that we were talking about to that and how to actually learn how to read that, that as you said, and, and, and relate and see see that part of ourselves and and I like that also I learned today from you like it, it all nails down to like knowing more about ourselves so yeah thank you thank you for for the conversation yeah oh absolutely my pleasure and thank you both so much too I've really enjoyed this and and just am so glad to have been connected with booming everything And to, um, you know, just to spread that message to people that maybe if they're feeling isolated or scared or something like that, that 
I couldn't have planned this and it enriches my life so much. I couldn't have planned that I would ever deal with the money topic at all. And things just very generously went that way. So we're talking about a process where doing is as important as receiving. And how do, how do I both go, but then how do I stop sometimes too? and let my feelings catch up to me. And, and I, I love it that we have each other to talk about this with. It's so fun to talk about it, but then also it's so fun to kind of be in action in this new way where it's not like I'm going to hurt myself and press really hard and burn myself out to try to do good in this new way. It's like, no, we're each of us is a part of it too and, and gets to be honored and cared for and heard and respected. And I do believe that we can create this experience where each person counts. And um, I, that's, that's the world that I choose to live in. And I'm glad to have found you. Yay, awesome. And you the same. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into our conversation. If you're looking to embody a new approach to money and financials in your small business or fledgling venture, then please seek out Booming Financials. Contact Beth Crittenden at beth at boominggroup.com. That's beth at b-o-o-m-i-n-g-r oup.com Thank you. And a special thanks to our sponsor, Booming Group. Booming Group is a business ecosystem and non-traditional investment company committed to empowering leaders and business owners transition from business as usual to business as a natural mechanism to deliver impact, purpose, and profit, all while building community promoting sustainability, and adding value for the benefit of all. You can find Booming Group at www.boomingroup.com. Booming Group. Thank you. We're a bunch of creatives, bankers, geeks, athletes, and adventurers from anywhere between the Americas, Africa, Europe, and Asia, starting our business committed to exploring and learning. We're from all walks of life and schools of thought joining forces to build a new era of business.